And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are back. The time 606. We are in the second hour. Time flies when you're having fun. I do want to encourage you to come on out to our Tuesday night Bible study and our Friday night Bible study. If you don't have a robust Bible based, Christ exalting, God glorifying uh, teaching ministry here in the Bay Area, you really do need to come out. We've got a lot of great people coming out, new people visiting different communities because we're unpacking the word of God. I'm dealing with the doctrine of angelology and I'm finishing that up as we go through the book of Jude. And uh, we're, we're dealing with what angels are and their different categories, their different roles and how essential they are to your salvation and mine has <clears throat> been a great, great, great lesson. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you to come on out or if you can't, you can listen to us online. Grace-Bible.com. Grace-Bible.com. Uh, your host, Jesse Gistin. Let me go to line number three and talk with Elisa in Burlingame. Line number three. Elisa, are you there? Hi, Jesse. Hey, what's going on? What you up to? Hi. Um, first of all, thanks for Sunday. That was a barn burner. That's sermon. <laughs> all right. Whatever that, whatever that means. I've, I heard different metaphors. I'm not quite sure what that means. I hope, I hope that it was edifying and you got some things out of it, you know. Edifying and sanctifying. Amen. So what are you thinking about? Um, I have an observation and I was wondering if, if it's something that you could unpack and if it's not something that you're... I'm, I'm good with, I mean, obviously. I, I would love um, to do that, but I'm, I want to take you back for a second. I want to ask you a question. Sure, sure. Okay. So what's the one thing that seemed like every time you moved and somebody bumped into you and you were trying to go through the door or go to the restaurant, go to the ball game, go to the theater, go here, go there, they were always asking you this one question, of which today you can't, um, you can't ask the question that we were forced to be uh, dealing with for so much of last year. If somebody dies, somebody has a heart attack, some young person, some misfortune as a consequence of um, a question that you cannot ask. Do you know what that question is, Miss Elise? How they die. Yeah. How did they die? The question more particularly is what? What they die from. They had a heart attack. They had a sudden uh, adult death syndrome, heart attack. We all know what how they died from. And the, the other question relevant to that is the question that you cannot ask. Do you know what that question is? Were they vaccinated? Yes, or were they jabbed? I should say. Yes, were they, they were. Did yes, they indeed. get the, the shot? That's the that's the that's the question you cannot ask today. You do know that. Well, one hundred percent. Okay. I do ask though. I can help it. <laughs> you have to if you really care. You just you just have to because shouldn't we want to know? One hundred percent. I mean, shouldn't we want to be clear that since we did not have trials that lasted five to seven to ten years to determine whether or not there was true injury from this universal experimentation, if we didn't have those trials and we didn't, and if we are now the guinea pigs of that trial, and we are, if they are now bringing about certain uh, you know, long-term uh, consequences, severe consequences, and even sudden consequences like death, we should want to know whether or not that that was a contributing factor to the demise of our fellow citizen, right? 100%. I have Indeed. friends that are scientists and worked on uh, cancer drugs for people that are dying, and they wouldn't try them out on people that are dying. They're not, they're like, they're near death, and they wouldn't try them on them. 
So Agreed, now because- they're just going to try this on healthy people. Right. It's it's amazing how the rules have been turned upside down. I, I'm sure you know about uh, Dr. Brzezinski many years ago. He was the Texas uh, doctor who had a, a outstanding cure for cancer and the FDA and the CDC. All of them went after him, shut him down, took his um, took his patent modified it slightly and started using it themselves and it didn't work because they used they modified it slightly because they would have gotten caught if they would have just actually did it exactly the way he did it and it's a shame that we have all of this regulatory captivity taking place in our world which indicates that our government and our leaders and our pharmaceutical industries don't really care about health as much as they do about wealth well, he's blessed that he's alive because they've killed most of the naturopaths in the Eastern um, people that would like to cure things without big pharma. Yes, no doubt about that, because they've done that with a lot of doctors around the world. What was the question that you were going to bring up? Oh, I was going to make an observation. The Saturday Night Live, Woody Allison, Woody uh, Harrelson, which I stopped watching. Um, Why? Because of the liberal ago. policies? Um, they just got so woke. I just couldn't. Yeah. They weren't funny anymore. They just got stupid. I, I, I know. And um, or maybe I got smarter. One of the two. Yeah, a little um, bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. And now, now God entered my life. I have no desire for that type of stuff. Um, so here he's coming out. He's make he's poking fun at big pharma. I mean, he's basically saying that you know big pharma is a, which it is. It's a cartel, and you know. They pay people to stay, you know, people are staying home and he goes, I can take drugs for free. And so if anyone else had said that, he would have like hit Cayenne West, or I can't even say his name, whatever. Yeah, his name yeah, is. yeah, West. Yeah, uh, K, K, yeah. K is the word I mean, now. K, K? Okay, K. Um, he got. Oh, no, no, yay. It's yay. <laughs> Sorry. Yay, 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 yay. Yay. Um, yay. <laughs> anyway, he got deplatformed for just being transparent. And and he's they they've dropped him all the you know athletic gear his billions own gear of billions um, of dollars billions billions I, I mean anyway so here Woody and now all I'm reading about is they want to know who his wife is yeah I'm like so I don't know if you can unpack that I mean I, I'm pretty sure it's it's controlled I mean I know it's controlled opposition but why are what my observation is. People aren't getting it, even people that are awake. They're like, isn't that great that he's doing that? I'm like, well, hello. Like, why is he still alive? So Very much so. So what you're talking about, you already gave the answer. So we'll just back up and, 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 and kind of lay the framing uh, from three categories. Who can who has the right to tell the truth about something and not be punished for it? The people who are on the side of those who are perpetrating lies, they have the right to tell the truth about something as long as they do it in a context in which the truth really doesn't wake people up. For instance, framing Big Pharma in a kind of anecdotal uh, uh, irony, which is what you said, said he was doing, 
um, allows people to kind of know he's saying something that's true, but it, it doesn't put them on their heels like Ye was doing and others were doing about Big Pharma. Because when you tell the truth with the spirit of truth, you wake everybody up and people now realize that if they join you in that truth, Elisa, then they may end up having to pay a price too. This is why nobody likes hanging out with the prophet. Nobody wants to be with the prophet when the prophet speaks because the spirit of the prophet is what people don't like. They don't mind hearing somebody say, you know, um, the two words you don't want to use. The two words are the and Jews. And that had to do, obviously, with uh, with a particular African-American uh, comedian who was speaking about yay as well. And when he used that term, people laughed. Um, but you know, he didn't get canceled. He didn't get, he didn't get, you know, his, his money taken away from him because he framed it in a way of humor. And because he's on the left, he can do it. But now they're trying to bury yay because yay is warning about structures inside the musical industry that need to be dealt with and addressed the same thing here. The other thing that becomes clear to me when you hear, uh, people who are advocates for this false world system sounding like they are telling the truth is exactly what you said. And this is what is called um, structured uh, or planned or controlled opposition. And this always throws off the gullible and the naive. This is what you're saying the people that you know who ought to know better to not fall for thinking that this individual is on our side or on the side of truth just because he's making a caricature out of one of these megalomaniac pharmacological uh, colonial systems doesn't mean that he's now waking up and coming all the way over to the truth. Now, Bill Maher, now you know who Bill Maher is. Uh, right. Bill Maher. Yeah, I, I think he's been on a good run for the last year <clears throat> or so in exposing some of the hypocrisy <clears throat> of what's going on. So I would say that he would be one that we would want to watch carefully to see if he continues bringing critique and analysis and exposure of this leftist, neo-Marxist, uh, pseudo-critical race, woke theory doctrine that we're dealing with. I, I love it when some of those on the left start making their way to the middle and to the right. But you and I do have to be careful about people who think that some of these folks who are still woke are really woke when they're not woke. It is part of the um, controlled opposition. I think that theory holds water. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Blessings. I got to take a break. We're overdue. But there you go. Another thinking uh, believer who is working through the framing of our world as we deal with the dialectic, the dual conversations and making sure that we don't just get moved just because somebody says something that is true. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. 621 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open. one 367 5329 one Don't eat the snow. Save yourself. Save your kids. You're dealing with a lot of contaminated, uh, manipulated weather patterns that are just not good for our society. They know that now. 
and uh, and you need to know it. We are not far from East Palestine, Ohio. <clears throat> we are not. And we need to wake up to the reality that uh, weather patterns are not just merely the natural organic product of um, uh, cosmological inconsistencies or weather patterns. These things are proving themselves to be <clears throat> part of experimentations that are not healthy for our world. All you got to do is have somebody take some sample, samples and you'll see. Let, let's go to line number four and talk with Dan in Sonoma. Dan in Sonoma. Dan, are you there? Thank you for your graciousness. Yes, my um, friend. It's been a while. So I wanted to ask you, I was kind of going over the history of Mobile, Alabama recently, mm-hmm. about how uh, people were being jailed there for their beliefs due to prejudice and bias. And I want to ask you how close you feel we might be to uh, go into jail for our faith at this point in the culture, the way it's becoming. Um, it's happening already in certain segments. It's certainly happening in Canada. Canada has a different constitution than we do. And so it has more teeth that's biting down on Christians who are standing up for what's right and on citizens in general. It's already happening in Australia as well for the same reasons as you would know. And certainly it's happening significantly in China um, uh, here in America, it's going to be a uh, state to state and in some cases, county to county uh, manifestation of the uh, godless uh, tyranny of a um, <clears throat> disregard for our constitutional rights. Um, and, and that's really true here in California. Gavin Newsom would do it if he thought he could get away with it, but he won't. Uh, And that's because there are lots of people in California, Dan, that um, are open to and personally pursuing and understanding the truth of the condition of our government and will speak out against it boldly and vociferously. It's simply that we have a media that is lock, stock and barrel sold out to the globalist agenda that will not uh, promote any of the substantial numbers of millions of people who will throng the white, uh, the Sacramento uh, capital when necessary. And, uh, and, and still, because this was once uh, California gold rush country, We've got a lot of independent weapons, uh, and, and our government knows that. Yeah, that's why it incrementally would rather try to take away our gun rights before it confronts us with some kind of civil war, because it it doesn't ever bode well for a government to engage in a kind of hostile, polarizing relationship with its citizens that leads to civil war. Civil war will always overthrow a government, and they know it, and citizens ought to need to know it. That's the reason your second amendment was given. Your constitutional right to bear arms was given because when your government exceeds the boundaries of constitutional uh, privileges, not rights, constitutional privileges, and then goes excessively into godless tyranny, the only way to stop it is opposition. Uh, history has proven proven that. That means you got to die for what you believe in. I think that we are minimally seven years out. So I'm going to put a number seven on that for California. Uh, I get this question quite a bit. I think we're going to see some ugly stuff in 2025 uh, economically because of the uh, false and fabricated 
uh, inflation of the economic uh, agenda. Everybody who has poo-pooed digital credit systems are now recognizing they're hearing it because they're being seeded by the language and what is called nudged by the language. By 2025, it will become uh, a common talking point for our politicians, the good and bad of the central banking digital credit system and the gradual implementation of it, notwithstanding people's uh, negative position against it. But I can tell you this, if people don't oppose it like they didn't oppose the vaccine, then you're going to see states that are captivated by a banking system which will uh, never give people their money back. And whenever we suffer real harm, uh, our real what they call crisis and and the global instability, the global warming thing, this whole new thing, uh, climate change, which is the next big lie plopped on top of COVID control, is going to always be the mechanism by which the banking system will be justified in not giving you your money because you're not complying with the rules. We're getting ready to see society brought into what is called a biotechnical um, economic Uh, surveillance state system uh, and very few people are going to be concerned about it. They're they're just not going to care about it and they're going to comply even if this stuff doesn't make sense. So I have a follow-up question which is how gracious uh, uh, I had a history teacher named Dodds who was very admiring of the movement in 54 when it became visible how gracious and dressed in business suits people were about applying for their rights. So if this was to happen that we're discussing, how gracious do you think the faithful members would be in the face of the opposition? I mean, that's one of the things that Peter encourages us to be is uh, suffer for doing right and not for doing wrong. Suffer for goodness and not for doing evil, which really is a mind bender. I keep reading it and reading it, meditating upon it. What Peter's talking to. Don't be threatening your opposition. Don't be cursing them when they mistreat you. So that's my question. How gracious do you think our people in California would be under those conditions? Well, you're going to have a very good question. Thank you for it, too. Let's talk it through. So in a time of opposition to government, you have several systems integrating. You will have people who are not Christian, who who will also engage with people who will be Christian. And those Christians will be the kind of Christians who are much more um, inheritance driven, historically driven, culturally driven Christians who are fighting for land rights, property rights and things of that nature much more than they will be fighting for biblical rights or biblical worldview, et cetera, et cetera. Which I totally understand because theology is a different category of spiritual warfare. Uh, I don't need the government to um, to uh, change its policies for me to influence them at the theological level. 
propositional discourse around truth can be done behind a prison wall. It can be done, you know, in the free public market. It can be done at the scholastic level. It can be done in the, uh, you know, in many venues. And God can use it to change hearts. He doesn't need a precondition of compliance on the part of the government for propositional truth to do what it does. It's just that today you're not hearing propositional truth being employed at the uh, pragmatic and um, and uh, and sociological level in in a biblical way. You don't hear biblicists take Taking the Bible and demonstrating prophetically um, the applications of history upon the present. You just don't hear it. And so there's not any kind of big hue and cry on the part of the church to show the world that the world is repeating the same transgressions it always has, and that is departing from God under an idolatrous notion that it can be like God and all things will go well. So you don't have the church engaging in a prophetic message. And that being the case, what ha- will happen in all likelihood, if it's not a church led uh, movement, as it was by Martin Luther King, he started off with a church led movement. So he used a nonviolent civil rights approach. The church will try to do that this time, but it won't be the leader in it. And that's going to change the volatility level, the volatility level of this next uh, rep- um this next uh, civil rights movement or what might very well be um, civil disobedience um, will be led by the uh, largely the secular um, the secular secular society with uh, the approval and affirmation of Christians who recognize they need to be involved as well because this is our home home too. But what happened in the 60s, my dear brother, is significantly different than what's going on now because of the absolute major advancements in PSYOP, uh, the psychological manipulation of the masses. Our, our people have to be awakened out of the stupor of convenience and uh, carnality before we even can be able to engage uh, in uh, discourse at an effective level before we find ourselves in the street saying no more tyranny, more no, no more absolute control, no more uh, unconstitutional policies. So we got a long ways to go. I think between 20, uh, 2025 and 2030, you will see a much more kindled conversation around these particular topics. Thanks for the call, my dear brother. Got to take a hard break. One line open, one 367 We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are. The time 636. Two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Love to hear from another new listener as we will now try on line number two. Dan in Oakland. Are you there? Hello. Hello, Dan. Are you there? Oh, no, this is Dave in Oakland. Oh, Dave, Dave, David, my David. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on with you? Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm great. What's your thoughts? I I just want to know, um, I just was calling in to get your thoughts on why no one is talking about, like, uh, what's going on with North Korea and, uh, Russia and China easily, no easily, man, easily. The reason why no one's talking about that 
is because what's going on in our media is called a blitz. This is a blitz. This is a psyop blitz. This is designed to put layers and layers and layers of psychological crisis upon people so that when the big uh, warning come or the big crisis come, people will just comply. David, please understand what your pastor is saying to you because I'm watching it. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing people stick their head in the sand. I'm seeing people hoping and begging that we're going back to normal. I see people doing all kind of very unwise stuff, but there's a lot going on in our world. And when we hear, all right, uh, um, Russia has engaged, engaged in a small arms nuclear attack on Ukraine and China has helped them. Uh, all we're going to do as citizens is we're going to bow down to the government and say, whatever you want us to do, we'll do. Because what have what will have happened is <clears throat> we wouldn't have had time to be fully informed about the pros and cons of what's going on geopolitically there with China, Russia and Ukraine. We wouldn't have had time to find out the data and then to argue the data. Which is another thing that was going on in the 60s that our dear brother was talking about just uh, in the previous call. My brother Dan from Sonoma, which has been uh, uh, on this program for many years. What went on in the 60s, everybody was aware of it. Everybody in the world was talking about the civil rights movement. So, you know, we were debating it. We were shredding it, deconstructing it, analyzing it. People were agreeing with it. People were not agreeing with it. That's good conversation. This one size fits all, one narrative right, everything else wrong, that's pure BS propaganda. Nobody should live with those kinds of, no one should live with those kinds of, those rules. So if we were really engaged at the uh, proper media level, we'd all be talking about the policies of Russia, China, Ukraine, and how the UN as well as America is in on a lot of this, and we would be we would be informed citizens having a discourse on this, but they got us distracted by all kind of other stuff. Uh, weather in California, like it's a natural weather pattern, or, you know, something else. It's really um, fascinating to see. But what's your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like how you've been preaching about, you know, the days of Noah a lot. And I feel like, you know, I hate to say it, we might be in those times. um, I wouldn't be saying it if I didn't believe it was true. Dave, I wouldn't be saying um, it if I did not believe that our master was showing us how to how to frame cultural dispensations. He's teaching us how to frame it. Watch. You'll have people marrying, giving in marriage. You'll have them pretending that things are normal. You'll have them sticking their head in the sand and acting like no, no judgment is coming. You'll have them doing all that. And uh, and they'll be distracted right up until a major crisis hits and they won't be prepared. Yeah, I mean, it seems like we're on that on the brink of nuclear war and none of the new uh major major news outlets are talking about it but i watch like all the um you know like uh, international news and you know every day they're saying you know they're they're uh, uh, protesting the treat or they're overturning nuclear treaties and their nuclear uh um, weapons are being tested and Russia and China are partnering up and North Korea is trying out nuclear missiles. It's just like no one's talking about it. 
And it's, it's, I'm not worried, you know, I'm not worried because of my beliefs, but, you know, it is concerning. And Absolutely. Uh, I, I wish that they would put a, a little more uh, attention to it. They're not going to do it. You know, I, they're not going to do it. I, and I, I so appreciate your calling and talking about this. They're not going to do it. I, the one thing that I'm recognizing about where we are in this open conspiracy, and this is the way that, uh, Plato explained when a government has reached a point of no return in its policies, it will engage in open conspiracy. And what that means is it will do things that we always knew they were doing, but we were really not able to prove it and determine factually what they were doing. And then there will be no no longer needed for any proof because we'll see them engaging in things that we know we're exactly what we knew when they were doing it in the dark. They're doing it in the light now. We're almost there. We're, we're almost at the point where they're just going to tell us what they're doing. And there will be no resistance on the part of the American people. So at the top of the hierarchy of this uh, reflection that you and I are having, if you and I would start at the top, this is God giving men over to a strong delusion. You already know that. My listening audience who has been listening for years knows that. There is no uh, there's no rational way to explain this to people because of a failure to have an allegiance to God. We we then will side with the next most powerful thing, which is government. And the government knows that it has about 40 to 50 percent of its citizens willing to drink the Kool-Aid no matter what. And, And as a consequence, Um, It does not it will not focus on the existential threat of a of a a, a nuclear war because that would wake people up and they got to keep drinking the Kool-Aid. So my question is, what as you know, Christians is should we just go on about life, living life and, and just act like we don't know what. What's going on? Or no, it's not possible you know. to act like it's not possible to act like you don't know what's going on. It's not possible for you to act like you don't know what's going on when you read your Bible and the spirit of prophecy gives you the testimony very clearly. So you're going to live prayerfully. You're going to live a sanctified life. In other words, you're not going to be wasting your time in the foolishness of the world. You're going to be sanctifying your heart. You're going to be sanctifying your family. So that when the crisis mm-hmm. come, you won't be like Lot that lost his family because they were living carnally. You you won't do that. People will prepare like Noah and his family. They prepared when the rain came. They were prepared, weren't they? Yeah, now, they were prepared. And I, what I'm saying is um, you're not in a church community where you're not getting these things explained. You are. You are. You are very much aware of what's going down. I am daily explaining these things to us. So when we hear there was a nuclear exchange that took place in Russia, your your heart and mind will be rooted comfortably enough in Christ that you and I will be able. I talked about this last Friday. Somebody asked a question, and you may have listened to the study. Um, I think it was Friday or Tuesday. They were asking, no, yeah, this was uh, this was AJ. AJ's asking the same question because we are not asleep. We are alert. We are watching. He says, I feel like I'm not quite sure if I'm prepared. 
And I said, you will be prepared. When you're alert, you're already in prepared position. When you're asleep, you're not. God will not leave us without a testimony. He won't leave us without uh, um, not only awareness of what's going on, but a strategy of preparation to be able to deal with it without apostatizing, without corrupting, without falling prey to bowing down and worshiping this world system, without abandoning the gospel or abandoning Christ or abandoning the church or abandoning worship or abandoning gathering together. That won't happen with God's elect. It didn't happen in Matthew 24 when Jesus warned the disciples. He told them what to do. When you see the abomination that make it desolate, when you see the Roman Empire on its way, here's the pathway out. Make your way up to uh, the 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 city of Pella, uh, a refuge city. And the vast majority of the Christians made it there because they were watching all of the little signals and they were not caught unawares. We, we won't be caught unawares of the foolishness that goes on and there will be options for dealing with it in a godly manner to make sure that your heart is right with God when it occurs <clears throat> because people whose hearts are not right, they won't, they won't deal with it right. They won't deal with it well at all. It will not be good for them. Listen, thanks for the call. My dear brother got to take a hard break. Got one more segment and we will deal with James and Ramel and we'll try to co- close out with a more good conversation on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Arise and be obedient. Be alert. Move and go when God tells you to. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, this is our last segment. Great show, great topics, great situation, uh, great discourse. At some point, we will be podcasting and uh, we'll be able to take you to the mountaintop and really deal with stuff that we need to deal with. Let's go to line three briefly and talk with James in the Bay before we close out with Ramel. Um, James, what's your thoughts, my friend? Hey, PJ. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of stuff, but... When you hit me with the, well, I always knew not to eat the, well, I'm not around snow, but I wouldn't even fool with the water, you know, even, I mean, with the rainwater, I just cleared the sky because there's so many toxins up there. But I had to, I I was taken back. You said the ice, okay, the ice didn't melt, it evaporated. I'm like, is that what you said? Is that correct? Well, wait a minute. So... So we just skipped the stage. So it didn't melt. It just evaporated. And and it didn't skip a stage because the air has, everybody knows that our skies have been seeded, seeded, seeded. They use the term chemtrails, but they're seeding our air. This is not hidden anymore. This is obvious. And they don't care what we think. They're seeding our air because the air, the particulates coming out of the air drop down to the ground, impact our soil, impact our food supply and many different things like that. I'll be sending something over to you guys shortly about that. You'll see it for yourself. But we've been doing this for years. And one of our church members sent me a video. He moved up north. And he gathered up some snow because he knows a lot about what I'm talking about, maybe even more than me. And uh, and he said, let me show you that this snow is highly contaminated with chemicals. And he put a lighter to it and it didn't melt like your regular um, uh, highly H2O 
concentrated snow. It, it just sat there. It almost didn't do mm. anything. And that's what people are discovering mm. too. They're discovering that the snow is not melting like regular snow. It's just not, it's evaporating, but it's not melting. And that's because it's saturated with chemicals that have a lot of different metallic elements in it. And this is what a lot of scientists have been blowing the whistle on for years, decades now. And again, you're not hearing that in the media. And this is why we definitely need to be careful about not only the the um, weather patterns that are taking place now, um, but the uh, the runoff, the runoff. The kids do, should not be drinking the water. That's what the commercial was just about just now. Um, uh, the commercial about a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit that just came on before our program. I forget the name of the place. People were drinking water in a lake and there's contamination. But this is Revelation chapter 11. This is Genesis 5. This is the corruption of the earth by mankind because of a, a bad stewardship, ungodly stewardship. And, and we need to be alert about it because it uh, it is contributing to people's unhealthy status. There's no doubt about it. This is why we're drinking bottled water. This is why we're filtering water. So I'm not, you know, I'm not blowing some kind of bizarre whistle that doesn't make sense. This is really true. It's just that people are not, they're not waking up to what's going on. They need to wake up to what's going on. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I get the part about what's going well, well, actually, to be honest, I really wasn't really concerned about the weather pattern because it is winter, you know, yeah. and it's going to be winter for another, you know, almost three or four weeks. So I expect to see snow and rain, but not like this. And when you say it's seeding, uh, I don't know if you remember back, we were the same age, back to the 80s when Mount St. Helen erupted. And of course. The gas and of from course. The, uh, from the uh, eruption was affecting the weather pattern and they started doing some seeding back then. You remember that? I, I very much do, and, and, and what we're, we're not paying careful attention to what they're doing with the fires that we've been having every year either. We're not paying careful attention to how they are seeding the ground with the fires. Those fires that destroyed those woodlands over in Paradise recently were so horrific that many scientists said that this is not natural fire. These fires don't create these kinds of meltdowns that you and I are seeing. There's a lot going on that we need to open our eyes and our ears to that we're not doing. We're just because we're just oblivious by other distractions. That's all that's going on. And so we'll wake up to it because God's word has already told us, you know, the heart of man is wicked. Governments corrupt the earth. The earth is filled with violence through their hands. And uh, we're, we're going to see in a minute the, the, the whole the manifestation of the Antichrist system is emerging as we speak. Listen, thank you for the call, my dear brother. I'll see you tomorrow like, night. Let's see if we can go to line number four briefly and talk with Ramel for a minute. Ramel, are you there? I am, Pastor. How you doing? I'm good. What's your thoughts, man? We got three minutes. Super quick. It's Camp Lejeune, uh, North Carolina. They have the mm-hmm. contaminated water for all the Marines. Um, oh, what's the name of that again, Camp? <clears throat> Camp Lejeune. Yep, L-E-J-E-U-N-E. Yeah, what do you know about yeah. it? Just what I've been hearing on the news, and it's just, it's been just mind-boggling that what they're doing to our military, I mean, and have done to our military. I mean, that's a whole, you can take a whole segment and just talk about how they've treated our military over the years, over the decades. That would be a whole, that would be a whole show and more. 
Yep. And my heart, my heart is sad for the fact that our military has betrayed its own clientele over and over and over and over and over and over again. And people don't want to wake up to that reality. Go ahead on. Yeah, that blows my mind to not have family just like you in the military. Um, yeah. But my observation, I mean, there's a lot to say. I'm, I'm going to save for another time. But your comment about the open and kind of willful lying to the public and the, the powers don't care. Right. I really, it seems like we're there. Dave yeah. Chappelle did a skit a few months ago, which was funny, but also very revealing. And he got some flack from that where he talked about Trump. People hated Trump so much because he was in the house. He was doing a lot of the stuff. He came out the house, told people what was going on and then went back in the house and kept doing it. I saw so it. Was like we, we, we can, even if we're told and our, our our suspicions are confirmed, people don't want to hear it. And that's what's really most disturbing to me, I have to say, as I'm, you know, just getting back out in the workforce. I mean, I've been, been a, almost eight months now talking to people, and it's like the level of stuckness and inability to just say, you know what, something was wrong. Yep. You don't have to admit you were wrong, but just are you even questioning it now? And most people aren't. They don't even want, don't don't tell me it's not steak. I see a steak in front of me. It looks like a steak, smells like a steak. I'm going to eat it, even if it's a bowl of gruel. I was just talking to my brother about the Matrix and that example. It was just like, man, people are there on a real level. Yeah, we are in the transition, as I stated in my message yesterday. We are yeah. in the transition. Thank you for yeah. the call, my dear brother. We'll talk later. We are in the transition. And people don't know it, but they're part of it. Um, we are we are transhumans. Um, it starts off policy, then it takes part of society and messes up their head and tells them that they're this when they're not. And that part of society is willing to chop their body parts up and do a bunch of this, bunch of that. In a minute, you will have relationships with drones, artificially intelligence-oriented males and females. Thank you, and. Uh, you will you will abandon organic reality and the true and the living God for the lie. And for you, it will be the truth. It will be so real to you. And they all believed a lie that did not have a love for the truth that they might be saved. It's coming. It's here. God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.